Hey guys, first of all, happy holidays. I know it's been a while since we last posted, but as you know, it's been kind of a crazy year for everyone. Uh, also, Derek mistook a jug of the water of life for a new wine and he's currently in a coma, but we'll deal with that as soon as he wakes up. Uh, needless to say, there is still not an exact date on our return, but I assure you, it is coming. Uh, in the meantime, as a little holiday gift from our CH, we're releasing a B2D from our Patreon for you guys. This one's a little out of the norm from the normal ones we've released, but uh, we hope you'll enjoy it all the same. And patrons, we you've been so awesome. Don't think I've forgotten about you. I have a little something I've been working on on the side, and I'll post it this coming week. I just haven't finished it quite yet. As always, thank you everyone for being so vocal with your support, and enjoy. Welcome to Spice World, Between Two Dunes, an inebriated exploration of Willis E. McNelly's Dune Encyclopedia. My name is Derek. And my name is Mike. Each month we dive into a unique topic within the Dune Encyclopedia, and Derek, this month... Ooh, oh, hold on, Mike, I think it's starting. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, let me thank you for joining us this evening. Our humble acting troupe has traveled far and wide to perform for you this evening. Please silence your distrans during the show, as there will be no Solito Tri-D recording allowed. You, 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 sir, with the shield, you'll need to turn that off, please. God damn. Thank you. And without further ado, I give you Lord Giovanni's men in How Muad'Dib Got His Name. How Muad'Dib got his name, a folklore from the oral history. When Usal was still a boy, he became no longer content to stay in the Siech with his mother. He went to take leave, but she said, Usal, your Mina, the season of your testing has not yet come. Stay with me for a while. But he said to her, Every hour seems like a day. I'll go forth into the desert where the time will not pass slowly, for I shall see wonders. So he went out of his siege into the bled, and went on from morn till night, and whichever way his path led him, it was all the same to him. It came to pass that as the sun was setting, he saw some little way off a castle made all of sand. The walls were sand, the towers were sand, even the doors were sand. Now Usal was tired from his journey, and he longed to lie down, but he thought, Who knows what will happen if I push one of these doors? The whole place may come down on me. So he readied himself to sleep outside, but as he did so, he saw to one side an open door, and he went in. Inside the castle was a room empty but for a table of sand on which stood a jug of Laban and a bowl of some apricots. Usal ate and drank, and when he had sated himself, he wrapped his cloak about him and lay down on the floor to sleep. In the middle of the night there came a great clap of thunder, and a roaring wind filled the room. 
Usul sprang up and the thunder became a voice that spoke on every side. Welcome, little desert. Dost thou know to which place thou hast invited thyself, and whose guest thou art? No, but I came to the blood to see wonders. I'm ready to pay for them. So thou shalt. This is Kalatorano, the castle of sand, and it is my siege, the siege of Alhen, naive of all the jinn. And I am Usul, and your castle belongs to me, for Dune is my world, and when I'm ready, all shall know it. Usal did not know that Alhen means death. But he spoke bravely, even though he was afraid, for he knew he was a king's son. The roaring winds sounded like laughter then, and the great Marid appeared before him, filling the room. As the demon laughed, his teeth showed like burning coals. Will empty boasts will not fill my stomach. Thou hast eaten my meal, and now thou must take its place. Usal then remembered what his mother used to say when someone threatened her. So he answered the demon with the words, Shoes are not made of the hide of a living animal. With that, the demon roared again and laughed so hard that the whole castle shook. When he stopped, he said to Usal, Thou art a funny little fellow, and I shall be sorry to eat thee, but no one can come here and leave again. Thou, like all others, must pay the water tribute. But thou seemest so small, I doubt thou wilt be more than a mouthful for me. Thou wilt be put to better use as a nosebag for one of my donkeys. And with that he grabbed Usal by the hair of his head and threw him into the pit in the center of the castle. Usal sat at the bottom of the pit and thought that his yearning to see wonders had been satisfied in a way not altogether to his liking. As he thought of his own hearth fire, he heard a small voice near him. He looked in the darkness and saw a small mouse with its head bent low. Usal said to the mouse, Why do you call me Mala? I'm no one's lord, and how can I intercede for you if, like you, I'm myself a captive? Yamala, my wife has given birth, and my tribe will starve if I cannot get out of this pit I have fallen into. I am everything to them. But to you, your strength, I am nothing. You can throw me out of the pit with ease. I will do what I can. And lifting up the mouse in his hand, he threw it high overhead out of the pit. The mouse looked down, bowed its head, and said, The gift will return to the giver. And with that, the mouse departed, and Usal passed the rest of the night alone. When morning came, the Marid al-Hen returned. He reached his arm down into the pit and grabbed Usal by the hair once again. The heat of his breath singed the eyebrows of Usal as the demon said, I have decided which of my donkeys to give thee to. And he cast Usal into the middle of a great desert as he lay there full of pity for himself and of fear for the next moment. A mouse hopped to his ear and spoke to him. My name is Muxabi. Watch me and learn from me, for my gift to you is knowledge. 
The mouse began to sniff the wind and to watch the spray of sand from the dune tops. Usal saw the mouse start to burrow, then stop as the sand drifted down. When the mouse found the shadow of the wind, where the burrow did not collapse, it tunneled deeper and curled up inside with its nose deep inside its fur. The wind rose and small drifts of sand hid the mouse from sight. The wind rose still more and the sand scratched into Saul's hands and face. All at once before him there stood what seemed like a swirl of winds in the shape of a man, and the voice from it said, I am as far the yellow genie, and thou hast been given me for my breakfast. And the wind howled and clutched at his cloak. It pushed him this way and that, and the sand stung his body. Then Usal thought of the mouse. He found the shadow of the wind on the lee side of the dune and crawled from place to place, testing the sand as wind tumbled and tossed at him. When he found what the mouse had taught, he dug into the sand and scooped himself a burrow. He covered himself with his cloak, draping it over his head and knee, tucking it beneath him. The wind screamed and with one shriek sand would cover the mouth of Usal's burrow. Then with another the sand would be blown away as the gust eddied and swirled in the shadows of the wind. All the while Usal waited until the storm blew itself out. Then he heard the voice of as far again. The genie said, You have won, Usal. I'm sorry you are a prisoner, but I can do nothing about that. If you should ever be free, Call me and I will do you one service. <laughs> but when Usal lifted his cloak to speak, he found himself not in the face of a dune, but in the middle of a great cavern. As he sat there in wonder, a mouse hopped onto his knee and spoke to him. My name is Ruhani. Watch me and learn from me, for my gift to you is peace. With that, the mouse hopped onto the floor and crouched as if it were praying. Usal watched, but the mouse did not move. He stretched forth his hand and touched it, but it did not move. He rolled it over and lifted it up, but still it did not move. Usal, thinking that the mouse was dead, put it on the floor again, only to see it rise, shake itself, and run off as a distant rumble was heard. The rumbles grew louder, as if someone marched toward him beating a great drum, and the sounds echoed from the walls of the cave until Usal's head rang. Between the beats of the drum, Usal heard a rattling, clacking voice say, I am Omar, the Reggie. Thou art not a man, Usal, nor even a very big boy, but thou wilt do for my dinner. And the beating of the drum became louder and louder until rocks cracked and shattered on the walls of the cave. Usal thought he could bear no more and fell to his knees, clutching his ears and grinding his teeth. Then he thought of the mouse and prayed. He looked deeper and deeper inside of himself for the small place where all is quiet. He looked and breathed from the center of his soul. And as he looked, he heard the drum less and less. Then he found the silent place and rested there in reverence. After what seemed only a beat of a bird's wing, 
he felt a touch on his shoulder, and he knew all at once that a pebble had fallen on him. He heard Ahmar's voice again, but weak and far off. Well, Uzal, you're more than you look. Too bad you are a prisoner, but that is out of my hands. When you are your own master, call me, and I will do you a service. Usal opened his eyes to look for the demon, but saw none, nor even the cave in which he had been. Now he saw nothing but a gray floor stretching as far as he could see all around him, with a gray sky over all. He stood up and marveled. Is this what death is like? Has Alhan eaten me after all? But he knew this was not so, for he saw something small move far off. It was a mouse which hopped to him and onto his shoe and said to him, My name is Bashbashia. Watch me and learn from me. With that, the mouse leapt to the floor and began to wiggle its tail. First it hopped on one foot, then on the other. It jumped up and down. It spun in circles. It stood on its nose. It capered and it swaggered and danced. Usal was at first surprised, then amused, then so delighted at the antics of the mouse that he laughed so hard he had to sit down. When the mouse made an end to its frolics, it said, My gift to you is laughter. Use it well. Then it scampered away, and just as it did, Ustal started, for a drop of water had fallen on his face. All around him, from the gray air, he heard the sounds of moans and wailing. He felt still another drop, and in the air above him hung a dark cloud, and out of the cloud came a sorrowful voice which said, Usal, I am Arian, the white genie. Though thou art not much, thou wilt do for an evening sup. And at once Usal saw his mother in their siege worrying for him. And he saw his younger sister with no playfellow. He heard sobbing, and he saw his bed, and the pot of dates on the shelf. And with each thing he saw, his heart grew heavier, until it seemed it would fall from his chest and break into pieces on the gray floor. And he heard more wails, and sobs, and keeling. And as if in a dream, he saw himself small and helpless, far from friends and home, lost to his people forever. He bowed his head, and putting his face in his hands, he said, Death can be no worse. But as he cast his eyes down, he saw in the dust the swirls and whirls and twirls left by Babasia, and a smile blossomed on his lips, and he bethought himself of the hopping and the prancing of the mouse. The smile bloomed into a laugh, and before he knew it, the gray land was alive with his mirth, and the echoes answered his laugh with giggles and chuckles, crows and snickers and peals. He laughed so hard he had to close his eyes to save his water, but he heard the departing voice of Abiyad saying, Well, Usul and well again. Looks in the sea, then you are a man, though most fortunately a captive. If you be free someday, call me, and I will not forget that you have bested me. Usal opened his eyes then, and found himself once again at the bottom of the pit. But it was now evening, and worn out with learning, he put down his head and rested himself in sleep. 
When Usal woke, he found himself in a position he had not enjoyed at first, and which had become no more welcome since. Hauled from the pit by the hair of his head, he was brought face to Ma with the Marida hen for the third time. Usal, my donkeys have shied away from thee, so mayhap thou art worth more than the nosebag thou seemest. Wouldst thou perform a task for thy freedom? And Usal answered him, In the pit or on the blood, I am always free in the place inside me where none can trespass. For Usal would ask no favor of this or of the greatest demon. A young shoot, but a tough one. Here's what I offer thee nonetheless. I have a taste for some horticles from a garden across the sands from here. Do thou get me some, a trifle for a lion such as thou, and I will release thee. But know this, that I have laid a spell on thee. Step aside from the task but one pace, and thou shalt find thyself in a pit from thou not even thy mighty arm can toss a mouse. I will do it, but only because it pleases me to get some Portugals myself. He would not let the demon know that his heart beat fast at this talk of his release, so the demon threw him again far into the desert. And Usal set off then with every bone singing for the joy of being his own master again, tempered only a little by the thought of the Marid spell and the task ahead, which would be no easy one. And he thought as he walked along, Forever I will call this day just past my Alawal Nahar, for in wonders and adventures it has surely been the first today, for me at any rate. And in spite of all that had befallen, his spirit was high as he thought of all that he had learned and of the foes he had overcome. So with these things in his mind, he crossed the sands, not as a child fresh from Siech, but as one who knows the ways of the desert. By and by, his hajra ended as all journeys will, and he saw in the distance a garden. And in it, many an imp and genie gathered a dew from the plants with sighs. For he had walked through the night, and it was now near sunrise. Kala, folk of the air, he said to the jinn, I've come in off the erg, a messenger of the Marid Alhan, who has sent me to fetch him some porticles. Show me the tree that bears them. The jinn smiled mid-bowed, and brought him to the midst of the garden to a tree heavy with fruit. First Usal ate his fill and refreshed himself, and thought he had never tasted anything better. Then he plucked three for Alhen. He rose to leave, and turned to the genie and boasted. Fruit as excellent as this, and so poorly guarded? Any outcast might fill his belly hair. The jinn answered, It is guarded well enough. But if the outcast you speak of were not to reach his hearth by nightfall, he would become as we. Many indeed have eaten these porticles, and as you see, we are all still here. And as for that, is your journey a long one? But Usal said no more, for he knew he had overreached himself and cast about to find a way out of his new-made troubles. It was clear that he could not return the way he came, for that would be a day and a night in its making, and he would either be in Alhan's pit or gathering dew with a scythe long before that. So if he could not go the safe way, he must go the straight way, and trust whatever had brought him thus far to bring him further. 
to that purpose, he marked where the sun rose and set a course straight and fast for Alhan's castle. His path led him over a jagged rock wall, from which he looked at the sand basin before him, and all seemed well. He saw Chymus, dust sand, in the basin, but with a good suit that was no more than a buzzing of a fly. He ran down the face of the slope, flying like the wind and thinking, I shall surely make it on time. But as he reached the level, he felt no ground beneath his feet, and he knew that what he had thought a sand basin was instead a chasm filled with baramata. And in this dust he would sink lower and lower until he breathed no more. Usal felt the dust rise to his knees, and he pulled his cloak from him and threw it across the dust before him. But it did him little good. He sank more slowly, but he still sank. And now the dust was rising to his hips. He looked round carefully, so as not to thrash and flounder, but saw nothing in reach. No spur of rock, no plant, no firmer sand. Saul tried to inch his way into his spread-out cloak, but the dust sucked him down, and now it had swallowed him up to his arms. Then he raised his head and cried out, As far, come to me! And the yellow genie swirled in a dust cloud above his head. Here I am. What do you want of me? Get me out of this dust. I offered you a service when you were your own master, but Alhen has spelled you. You are not free, but I will do it for one of the portugals of the garden which you carry. Take it then, said Usal. And the genie, telling Usal to hold fast to his cloak, swept under the dust and rose inside the cloak, bearing Usal up out of the Baramada and setting him down on firm sand on the further side. And taking his reward, as far departed. <laughs> Usal brushed the dust away and settled his garments. He saw a mouse nearby, and he puffed up his chest and said, Well, brother, you seem that the earth tried to swallow me up, but I defeated it. And the mouse shook his head and said, You let a genie help you. If a hawk should snatch me from a scorpion, does that not make the scorpion my slave, nor the hawk my ally? And the mouse scurried away. For all that, I am still alive, and I still have two porticles left. He saw that the sun was not far from its zenith, and he knew his present need was for haste, and he set a steady pace for the castle of sand. As he crossed a low range of dunes, he saw before him a plain of flat sand, and his heart rose for he saw that sparkle of the grit and knew that this was firm sand, not dust beneath his feet. He stepped steadily across the salt basin, heading for a ridge of rock on the far side. When he came to the very middle of this place, his footfall went boom. He took another step and boom. Drum sand, this atomba will call a worm. And behind him, with the thought, he heard a hissing of the wind, but there was no wind. The drum sand would give him firm footing, he knew, and he judged the distance to the rocks carefully. He said to himself, Shaihlud moves through the sand like the falcon through the air. He will surely catch me long before I get to safety. And without a second thought, he cried, Amar, come to me! And at once the red genie stood before him. 
Amar, walk into the desert beating your drum. This is the service I require of you. But Usal, are you not still under Alhen's spell? I am. Then you can command nothing of me. But I will do what you ask in return for a portugal from the garden. Done. And Amar took his fruit. And with his drum booming like two mountains mating, the demon sped off into the desert, with the worm following him like the wind. Usal made his way to the rocks and sat down to catch his breath. He saw nearby a mouse nibbling on a blade of scrub grass, but this time he was not minded to boast. Brother, he said to the mouse, I am still alive and have one Portugal. The mouse replied, Make sure when you cross the desert, you always have Amma's drum to call and no worms will bother you. That I cannot do, said Usal. And he began to think that such a drum were something that more than one Fremen might use to speed his way. But he put such thoughts off till a calmer time, for the day was well advanced and he still had far to go. As he walked on, Usal thought that while he had not beaten the uncaring earth, nor the greedy worm, neither had they beaten him, whatever help he may have had. This thought sparked him for many a league, but each passed slower than the last, for Alat had long been in the sky, and Usal grew thirstier with each step, but he took no rest. He still had a long way to go, and no desire at all to tend a demon's garden. His mouth grew dry, and he thought of the Portugal he carried and the smell of its rind. His throat grew dry, and he thought of the fruit and the sweetness of its pulp. Even his eyes grew dry, and his lids scratched when they blinked, and he thought of the fruit and the wetness of its juice. But if I eat the Portugal... Then I shall spend a few wretched hours in Elhan's pit before I make an appetizer for his supper. And he found no way of putting an end to his troubles. So by and by, Usal lay flat on the desert sands, too weak to move. But he could still hear, and he heard the voices of two mice. Is this Usal, ruler of doom? One asked. No, answered the other. It cannot be, for Usal would have remembered his brave words to Alhen about how one is always one's own master. And hearing this, Usal smiled, though his lips were cracked, for he thought, I am not dead yet. And he called in as loud a croak as he could muster, Abiyad, come to me! In a wink, the mournful white genie was at his side. Weep for me, that your tears may slake my thirst. <laughs> I will not, for what Ahen's spell is laid on you, you are not free. But I am free. I am free in my will to bear or to bow, to endure or to submit, and the mightiest naive can say no more. If I were to die in chains, I will still have a freedom that no one can take from me. That is as may be, but I judge as the world judges, I cannot see this quiet place within you, and to me, your outside looks like a slave's, but nevertheless, I will do what you ask in return for- Silence! Commanded Usal, 
And although his face was blistered, for he had foreseen this answer too, and he knew what was needed. I will not give you the portugal, for I mean to eat it myself. And once it has refreshed me, I mean to cross those hills and leave all thought of Alhen behind. Usal pushed himself to his feet and spoke with all the strength he had. Think you that I crossed these sands, fronted the jinn, jumped out of the Bar Halmeda, gave the slip to Shai Halud for the sake of Alhan's desert? No! This Portugal's water will bear me to my own siege, where this very night I will sit before my hearth, and my tribe will laugh at the fool I made of the married Alhen, naive of all the jinn. No sooner had the words left his mouth than he found himself at the bottom of a great pit, and above him the arm of Alhen reached down to haul him up. In an instant, he stood before the angry Marid, who shouted, So, thou hast no thought from the first to bring me the fruit, but my spell brought thee back. Smiling teeth and deceitful heart, all the same. Do you believe words? Or eyes? Here is your portugal, but I took the fastest way I could to fetch it here. Well, with that the Marid smiled, and knew that like his donkeys, he had been bested by Usal, and he said, I give you your freedom, Usal, and I will give you besides whatever you ask, even if it be the whole planet. But Usal said no. For I have learned that you cannot give me nothing that I lack or cannot get for myself. The only gift I will take is the one I shall gift myself. A name. And what shall that name be? Sand Swimmer? Shai Halud's drummer? Peace Finder? No, I shall take the name of my preceptors, whose teachings brought me through all my troubles. I shall be called Mouse. Well and well again, said the Marid Alhen, naive of all the jinn. Muadib, it shall be. I didn't realize you were going to get a play for here. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it would come so quickly. Do you, do you know who wrote that play? No. That one was by Willis C. McNelly. Oh, he wrote that. That entire story. Wow. Yeah, which you could tell clearly he would be totally invested in the Moadid oh, story. Oh, totally, totally. And that had to have been a tip of the hat from Frank to be like, you, you write this one. I love that it was mainly about Jin and not like Shai Hulud, because you would have thought that like Shai Hulud being like the big power within the desert. Play more of a presence. Yeah, he yeah. didn't. I, it, I, I like the, uh, the nod to the origin of the thumper. Yeah, of it, of yeah like, that was like, pretty good. I, I remember that, this I later. Yeah, exactly. But like, we know that he didn't make the thumper. Right. And so all this, though, is from like the raucous horde looking back to be like, this was our Moadib. That, and we, oh, we already did that alternate history where they believe it was a Fremen like upstart, right? That yeah, stole the yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has already been like, he was always Fremen. He was never not Fremen. So yeah, this is the other side of that. Yeah. I, th- I really do think it's cool, though, that they use Jin as like the boogeyman. And that there's several different. There's like one for every color of the rainbow, Derek. 
I love to basically like we go through the typical hero cycle where they're like, oh yeah, in a basic a set of three. We had three you tests that we went through. Yep, you overcome each of them, and then you take the boon that you get from each of those trials to succeed the next set, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then ultimately Moadib he returns home with nothing more than he left True. home with. Granted, we he? only took two of those boons. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, Abiad the the third gen didn't do shit. It's like, I'll do it for an orange. It's like, fuck you. I'm not going to do anything. No, no, no. But, but he still oh, but, had the boon. Oh, he just didn't cash it in. True. That's all I'm saying. It's like he was given three things. And the, the uh, yeah. The, I, I think, guess he just needed to have that conversation to trick Alhen. Yeah. And that's where he becomes more clever than the kind of world ah. that he's part of and mm-hmm. like supersedes it. And he owns it at that point. Uh, but it's, I love that he doesn't need the world. He'll take the world himself. All he wants is the name. I mean, that's your that's your classic story of like that everything should you know. Yeah, it's yeah. the friends we made along the way, Mike. Uh, <laughs> that's all he did. The world he, we conquered along made, the way. He just made some buddy mice and some buddy Jin, but he didn't need any of them. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I love it. But yeah, I love the little fruit taking of like. All right, I know the fastest way home. I love that we got portugals. Uh, and if he didn't, Mike, he would have been in prison. We never would have met Modib. He would have been in that garden that whole time. And think about that, too, from like a Fremen uh, folktale. Like a tree uh, in a garden that like produces portugals. That's got to be so mystical. Ooh, and cursed. Yeah. Cursed. Oh, I, th- yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the best part of like, clearly it's too good to be true. And all the gin used to be Fremen, it seems. In that one. Yeah. No, no, no. Only that garden. Not, oh, just the garden. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the other one. You can't prefer, like, that's not how you create Jin. Right, right, But right. everybody, because he goes there and he sees Imp and Jin everywhere, but they're all just, like, tending to plants, and he walks right in, picks them all up, and then, like, on the way out, he's like, man, that was, like, super easy. Like, like you guys should guard this. Like, what's the catch? And he's like, oh, there's a catch. And I love <laughs> that the Jin is so chill of just, like, he's like, oh, you're fucked, bro. But we'll <laughs> see. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> see you on I've Tuesday. Se- I've seen this a hundred <laughs> times. This is the first guy that never came back. <laughs> oh, but ultimately, Mike, I think that, that kind of does it for this month, right? Uh, oh, God, does it? Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed sort of a different take on our B2Ds. We wanted to try something new. And, uh, yeah, I think we're going to continue to down the road if we can find them. Yeah, we could, I mean, I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. That was a, it was a really fun to record with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have some, uh, well, it'll be some fun editing on my part for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll let our, our, yeah, we messed up a few times. I'll, I'll admit. I'll a admit. few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But ultimately, I mean, you guys, you know where to find us. We're at Spice World Pod. Send us a direct ma- uh, message on Patreon. Yeah. And if you have any other, like, uh, tales you think we could do like this in the Dooniverse, let us know. Because, like I said, we really enjoyed this. We'd love to do more like oh, this. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely open into it. And I think with that, we just got to remember that, Mike. Without you, the spice can't flow. I deliberately did that. (laughs) (laughs) Should have been Frank as the evil chin. Oh, yeah, right? That would have been great. I'll uh, get me some porticles. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just a fucking nerd. (laughs) Well, you're a mighty lion, but uh, I could use some oranges.